AMSA AdLib is supported by the Academic Group. Though there are many ways to cope with the stress of medical training and many ways to improve medical care and practice itself, very few of those are easy to implement, especially in the middle of residency. In this episode, Dr. Ilya Runyon talks about the importance of reflection in medicine and the difficulty of keeping up reflective practice in the middle of intern year. Dr. Runyon, who serves as AMSA's graduate trustee, began her residency in July 2014 at Wayne State University Detroit Medical Center. She spoke with Perry Sai, an MD-PhD student at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill School of Medicine. So you mentioned reflection, and I know that you've done a lot of work and education in humanism in medicine and reflection in medicine. So can you talk a little bit about um, your experience with that? So I was fortunate enough to meet Joanne Banks in college. Um, She was one of my, she happened to be my substitute professor for a class, and I had no idea at the time who she was. Um, She was actually considered one of the founders of the field of literature and medicine, which has now evolved um, into things like, for instance, narrative medicine, um, which Rita Sharon at Columbia kind of developed as its own field, um, basically looking at the influence of the arts and literature on the practice of medicine. So this was something And this kind of was a very serendipitous time because around that time, I think it was my junior year, I was still debating, do I apply to medical school? Do I go down that path or do I go down the path of literature and art? Um, And when I met Joanne Banks, it was almost, it was, it was very serendipitous because she basically showed me you can put the two together. And I think that kind of, that basically took me down the path of medical school and then at the University of Miami, Myself and some other students created a pathway um, in ethics and humanities, which took some time because, you know, as any curriculum change does. But I think the combination of um, the combination of, you know, knowing about or wanting to have uh, humanities play a bigger role in my medical education and then having to go through the process of curriculum change. And again, this was concurrent with being an AMSA leader. Um, And I think it just naturally became my interest in, um, I've always wanted to do academic medicine, I've always wanted to teach. So curriculum change, humanities, and um, just medical education in general, mm-hmm. um, it's it's just been a natural fit and it's been something that I've wanted to do you know, throughout my time in medical school with AMSA and um, it's now obviously harder to do from a time perspective as an intern, but it's something I would like to continue to do in residency as well. Right. Do you get to reflect as an intern? (laughs) (laughs) So I have a journal. Okay. Uh, It's it has it has writing in it. Okay. Words. (laughs) Words. It has words. Uh, (laughs) So actually, um, Rachel Naomi Remen. So she's another incredible person. Mm -hmm. Um, She kind of started the idea of integrative medicine before there was such an idea. and she's out in California, and I kind of call her, um, she's like the, if it's, if Rita Sharon is like the East Coast guru of narrative medicine, Rachel Naomi Remen is like the West Coast mm-hmm. um, guru of reflective, reflective practice, basically. And so she writes this book called Kitchen Table Wisdom, mm-hmm. which is one of her books, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about um, this practice where at the end of the day, um, and I don't even think she, get, she takes credit for it. She says she heard it from someone else, but she 
talks about at the end of the day, you review your day in reverse, and you ask yourself three questions as you're reviewing your day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe they're um, what inspired me today, um, what surprised me today, um, and I think the other one's like, what is the most meaningful thing that happened today? Mm-hmm. And she's saying, and she said, has said, um, that that is an exercise that all physicians should do. Mm-hmm. And she leads physician retreats, um, especially for doctors that have been in practice for a long time and have kind of lost their, lost their way mm-hmm. a little bit, um, and want to come back to their, the roots, the reason why they're in medicine. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to keep that journal. Okay. Um, I will say it is very difficult oh, I'm sure. uh, <laughs> when you come home and like you're, it's, it's just really the exhaustion right? Um, and sleep is kind of the most important thing at that point. Right. But I've made, I've tried to make an effort because I don't, I don't want to end up in a place where I have lost my way because you get caught up in the weeds. I think getting right. caught up in the weeds is probably one of the easiest things to happen as an intern because you know, you're literally trying to figure out how the hospital works for a while. Right. Um, and then you're trying to figure out how, you know, how medicine works. Right. And you're trying to figure out how to do an operation that, yeah. you know. So it's, I think actually, even though, and this sounds counterintuitive, but even though it's the hardest year to reflect, I think it's the most important year to reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it should, you know, you should stop reflecting after intern year, but. Right. <laughs> um, if the perspective, if you like keep the perspective during the first year, I think it's it's easier to get through and it's easier, or rather it's harder to become jaded mm-hmm. um, as you go through the rest of residency. Mm-hmm. Because it does, I mean, it does, from what I hear, <laughs> it does get easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there is more time, but it's just a matter of like prioritizing. And like I said, the journal, I mean, I don't think I've written in it for a couple months mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's there and it's sitting by my bedside right and and you you know and this i know tool. right and i know i have this tool and right. i know i have those three questions and even if i don't even even if i don't put words in the journal um i have those three questions in my mind as well and i'm thinking about them like especially you know on a drive home from the hospital or you know driving to the hospital or wherever i have a, a minute right to use that tool because the reflection can happen even without the the act of putting pen to paper is important. Sure. Very important. But the act of reflecting is doesn't have to involve that necessarily. Yeah. The reflective practices you mentioned that could be so useful in intern year. Are those encouraged or suggested in your residency program? Um, I wouldn't say outright no. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that when I do talk about, because I'm, I'm very, like I tell people I practice Kundalini, maybe they don't know what it is, and I tell them what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have such a diverse program that there are, I think you, you could probably say, if I looked at my all my co-residents, there's 40 of us, we're a large program. And like I said, we're very diverse. There's someone who, I think from most major faiths, faith practices at least, there's someone in my program who practices one of the, you know, each of the major faiths, I would say. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of diversity there and there's a lot of understanding then, collective understanding of the importance of 
kind of a, a faith or a faith system. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say again because it's a surgical field and it's very it's traditionally not been the, the surgical fields that have taken up this idea of outright incorporation of reflective practice into training. Right. It's something I've been wanting to do with our medical students, for instance. It's usually easier, given granted they have more time. Right. There's kind of a natural, like something that can be put into the clerkship. Um, it's harder to get residents, obviously, to do that because, you know, even for me, sometimes I will have the intent to practice meditation or go to yoga, but then I'll go home and I'll sleep. Right. And that's what everyone kind of ends up making that that call at some point. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say outright this is focused on, mm-hmm. but it's not, but it's under, it's an, un, it's more of the understanding that I can talk about this and I can talk about my own reflective practice and it will be understood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's already a step in the right direction. Sure. Maybe it's not something that, um, that every resident is doing, or maybe it's not something that the administration is def- necessarily talking about. But I think if I did bring up the idea, which I intend to do whenever I <laughs> have a moment <laughs> um, that it wouldn't be a foreign concept mm-hmm. I think um, in fact I did talk to our clerkship director about starting kind of a reflective at least a writing aspect of the clerkship and it hasn't we haven't really put it together yet or done anything necessarily with it yet but it's a conversation mm-hmm. that was taken well mm-hmm. um, it's just a matter of putting together the resources right it wasn't scoffed at no yeah that's no. I mean okay which is again something I was kind of hesitant about right. when I brought up the idea. Right. Um, but again, I think, and there is a lot of support for for residents kind of going forward and doing what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Cool. Getting back to the conversation about spiritual self and medical self, I. Uh, have heard you talk about how spiritual practices can be sort of this almost preventive medicine for mm-hmm. uh, residents and practicing physicians who experience um, mental health issues over their career, who experience burnout, mm-hmm. and that's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on how your spiritual self or your practices actually make you a better doctor right now? Before I answer this, I want, I think I just want to be clear that it doesn't always have to be, because we have to be cognizant of, you know, there are definitely a lot of physicians and physicians in training that actually aren't they may they may be atheists for instance they may not be spiritual and I want to just be clear that it's the practice of reflection I think that is the most important because I don't want to I don't want to push anyone away like I think this is for everyone um and I think it's just the practice of reflection that may be tied to your spirituality for me like I said it is Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. it just even if you don't ascribe to a faith or a spirituality or a higher power. Just the, it can be taken down to even the level of a connection between two people, yourself and your patient, for instance. 
um, where you are reflecting on their experience, your experience, and how those two things are now tied Mm -hmm. in that moment or in that experience or in that encounter. Mm -hmm. Because what it, and Better Doctor is interesting too. I don't, because it, because I've actually used that phrase for instance, when I used to advertise the scholars programs for medical humanities, right, and then okay. I was called out on it, <laughs> because the idea is there's a lot of things that make you a better doctor. Mm-hmm. It could be you read more. It could be you, I do like 20 more surgeries, and I'm better at that. Right. But I think what it is is really you're a more aware physician. Mm-hmm. You're more aware of the needs of the person in front of you. You're more aware of your own how your own biases maybe come into play when you're talking to someone about their medical condition. You're just more, you're understanding the full picture in a better way. So in that way, yes, you will be, I feel, reflective practice gives you a better awareness of a situation Mm -hmm. and all the factors that may come into play. Um, And maybe you will pick up on things that someone tells you and then be able to discern something that you may not if you didn't have that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could, you know, theoretically make the difference in a diagnosis, for instance, or maybe you finally realize why this person keeps coming back to the hospital that you might not have picked up on before right. um, because you just have a higher awareness of the communication, the interplay, the conversation, maybe this person's body language. Because really, again, the essence of taking it back to meditation as you were speaking of the essence of the meditative practice is just observation and awareness so the idea that you have a thought in your head you have mental chatter but you allow it to you witness it and you allow it to go mm-hmm. and that that in and of itself if you can do that it's said that you can reach that meditative state mm-hmm. um, just by sitting and doing nothing mm-hmm. again we have a lot of us need tools to get to that point but that's the observation that's the key and I think and it is actually interestingly connected because one of the things that we're taught when we take the physical exam or when we learn the physical exam Mm -hmm. and how to take a good history is well the two key things one is to listen which is you know they say that doctors interrupt their patients within like 18 seconds and that we shouldn't be doing that because then we're not listening and we're not observing we're not being aware Mm -hmm. of what is being said because we are talking we are putting our um, our questions, you know, out there. And then the other thing is, I remember like a, I was probably a neurology professor who said you, you watch your patient walk into the room and then you can pick up, I mean, this is obviously it's neurology, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you watch your patient walk into the room and you can, I remember he was saying you can almost diagnose someone just that way mm-hmm. without even, without even really saying anything. Right. So it's, I think it's the, it's the combination of the communication, the awareness, the observation. But if you're not paying attention to that, and if you're in the hustle and bustle and you have 50 patients lined up and you're just trying to get, again, you're trying to get through the questions, you're trying to get through the pre-op, whatever it may be, you lose that awareness. And this is something I know happens. I mean, you can't, the other thing is you can't beat yourself up when it does happen because it will. I mean, that's just the way medicine, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I think it's a disservice to us mm-hmm. as professionals and it's a disservice to our patients to 
have our training and have our practice set up this way. Right. Because we, I, I really feel like we can't help but miss things just because of the situation that we're in. Right. But just even having the awareness that that might happen or that you might miss something and to cultivate the observation and to cultivate the awareness, I think mm-hmm. will, going back to using the better doctor phrase, I think, yes, that will make a physician a better physician. Mm-hmm. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. This episode was edited by Pete Thompson with help from Rachel Glassford and Carol Clark. The interview segment was produced by Perry Sai. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer. AMSA AdLib is supported by the Academic Group. Students on a clinical elective, a rotation, or just observing are required to carry short-term medical malpractice insurance. The Academic Group offers AMSA members worldwide a 10% discount on this coverage. Visit our website for details at amsa.org slash academic group. If you have a great suggestion for self-reflection on the wards, let us know so we can share it with our listeners. Email us at adlib at amsa.org or even record your story for us using your iPhone's Voice Memos app or an app like Easy Voice Recorder on Android. Email the recording to adlib at amsa.org. That's A-D-L-I-B at A-M-S-A dot O-R-G. Thank you for listening. We leave you with Ilea's self-diagnosis. I can't just like walk up to some person and just say that. <laughs> They're going to be like, you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and whatever.